The presenting sponsor for On Education is Schoology. Schoology's passion lies in helping instructors and students have the best education experience possible. Schoology is a collaborative, student-focused, and faculty-centered learning management system. Students love Schoology because it gives them 24-7 access to course materials, real-time feedback from their instructors, and easy-to-use collaborative tools. Teachers love the streamlined workflow, integrated apps such as Google and Microsoft tools, and the ability to view evidence of student learning for making instructional decisions. To learn more about what is possible with Schoology, simply visit Schoology.com. Neither of us know how to make a podcast. We're like, let's make a podcast. Okay, how do we do that? (laughs) And then you figure it out. Welcome to On Education. I'm Mike Washburn. And I'm Glenn Irvin. Friends, we have an awesome pod for you today. We are live from FETC 2019 in Orlando, Florida. We're going to tee up the conference for you. We'll talk about the LA strikes coming to an end. Speaking of coming to an end, it looks like the battle between Remind and Verizon is also over. Our guest on the pod today is Game Boy Drew, Andrew Arevalo. So here we are. Yes. It's rainy. It's rainy and I would call it a very cold day for Florida, (laughs) right? The wind is blowing the palm trees. But just seeing palm trees is really nice for us. Right. Well, I mean, yes, I have four feet of snow in my front yard. Yes. And it's minus 20 at my house. So, So, yeah. We'll take it. Yes. We were going to wear shorts today. We didn't. Maybe tomorrow. I heard there's going to be sun tomorrow. I might just wear shorts tomorrow for the conversations. People will be like, (laughs) you're nuts wearing shorts. I'm like, well, you know, in Toronto. Yeah. Shorts and a t-shirt is definitely going to have to happen if the sun actually does decide to peak out, even if it's 55 degrees. Someone said on Tuesday, it's going to be super nice. So. I'm excited about that. So today, I wanted to mention that today is Holocaust Memorial Day. We're recording on Sunday. Yes. Uh, the whatever date it is, the 27th. And I think it's important to me. I'm a history major. Yep. Some people don't uh, know that and are surprised to hear that. Um, and actually, my specialty in history was genocide, surprisingly, hmm. unfortunately. Whatever. I don't know how it worked out, but it worked out that sure. way. And so I have a strong connection to studying these things. And, and it's funny because I read an article just a couple of weeks ago talking about how a lot of kids don't even know about the Holocaust anymore. And I think it's super important that we really remind our students Absolutely. about the Holocaust. And because, um, I mean, one thing to remember is how Hitler was, you know, he rose to power democratically. And it's it's pretty easy to see how a society slipped into that sort of, um, you know, enablement. Yes. And, um, you know, it's a dangerous thing and we got to learn from these these situations. So I, I wanted to bring it up and make sure that we remind people, you know, let's focus on these things. When you have a chance to teach history, make sure we're talking about about this because it's super important. Right? Yeah, and I was going to say, I'm going to give a shout out to a teacher actually in my school district. His name is Ray Nelson, and he teaches English language arts. And they are reading several different books related to the Holocaust. And one of the things he does to, to get our students emotionally involved in the literature that they're about to read right. related to the Holocaust is do some basic some simulations where they simulate... Uh, the victims of the Holocaust having to get into these railroad cars and these different types of situations where basically, and he's yeah. clicking through these different slides that are actual slides uh, of Nazi Germany and showing them basically this is what 
you know, you were separated from your family and all the different scenarios yeah, yeah. and really get the emotions or the kids' emotional ties to the book before yeah. they even start reading it. Fantastic way to do that. And great that we're not ever going to forget that, you know, that we continue to go ahead and teach about it and say how this can easily happen. You're right. He came to uh, yeah. power in a democracy. Yes. Yeah. Super important. Yes. Um, the LA strikes are over. We talked about it on, on Education Now. We talked about it on the podcast. And uh, Glenn, run down what down what they got. What what did we get out of this? So the teachers union, uh, this is from a CNN article. We'll go ahead and link there. Uh, was the first most important thing was not even pay or salary. Right. That's what a lot of people thought it was about, but it's actually not. One of the biggest things was class, class sizes. Size. Yes, class sizes. So the new deal, the class sizes in grades 4 through 12 will be reduced by one. <laughs> Let me repeat that. <laughs> by one oh, man. next year, right? And then again, one again in 2021. Oh, sorry, 2020-2021 school year. And then two in the 2021-2022 school year. So a total of two, three, four over the next three years, that's the reduction in the number of students. Now, remember, we were talking about classes that have huge, 45 huge. kids in a high school and 35 plus in an elementary school. Um, so the class so sizes are still ridiculous. It's, it's really crazy. So they also uh, were able to get more nurses. They're going to add 300 school nurses over the next two years. 300 yeah. seems like a big number, but again, this is the second largest school district, district in the United States. So 300 more uh, nurses. Counselors, they're going to add 77 new counselors. So the student-to-counselor ratio, ratio will be reduced to 500 to 1. <laughs> Just think about that, people. 500 students to one counselor uh, as far as in our schools. And we talk about mental health all the time, social uh, intelligence, all of these things that our counselors teach at our schools. Yeah. And we have 500 students to one counselor. That just seems so ridiculous and over the top. But yeah. that was the deal that they got. You know what I mean? So that actually was an improvement over what happened before. They've also added 82 librarians to secondary schools. And then they reached a combined 6% raise for teachers. Uh, retroactively, 3% for the 2017-18 school year. That's right now. Mm -hmm. Or sorry, the previous year that they had not settled. Right. And then another 3% for the current school years. Um, so... Was it a good deal for them? I have no idea. It's better than nothing. Better, better than what it was, of course. But when people say that they, you know, it was a good victory for the union to actually, something positive to happen out of it. But still, these class sizes are out of control and they definitely need to address those things. I think at the state level, not just at a, dis you know, really make a mandate at the state level and then fund uh, these districts enough so that you can reduce class size. Totally. Yes. So, I mean, deal's a deal. They got it done. They're back to work. So that's pretty good, I guess. Yes. Um, we came across this really cool article on EdSurge uh, about donors choose and teachers wish lists for devices and things they, they want. Um, and, and I mean, it's a pretty sweet Christmas list, if you ask me. Um, I, I, lots of robots, I guess, right? Yes. I think that's the most popular item right now is teachers yes. are going on to places like donors uh, choose and they are asking for robots, uh, yeah. physical uh, items that they can use in their classrooms, yep. uh, mostly associated with elementary and middle schools, but it can be in high school too. Um, and to 
learn about coding and all of the things that you have talked about as far as on the show. So this is a really, I think, a positive trend as far as an education. Yeah. The only unfortunate part is that we're going to donors choose because we can't just get our districts to purchase these things and really buy into uh, what's, you know, what we know is something super important. Um, and you were talking about as far as in Canada where they're really making an effort at the government level to make sure that, that schools have these devices, these robots in their classrooms and are using them to the fullest ability with curriculum, with uh, the devices themselves, and then make sure that there's enough so that uh, kids are exposed to these things at an early age. There's a shocking disparity right now because I was, well, like Glenn's referencing, the, the government of Nova Scotia, a province in, in Canada, um, put a uh, put three dashes uh, and three iPads, so a whole basically a kit uh, that comes in a, a crate uh, in every uh, elementary school in the province. Uh, so we're talking hundreds wow. of elementary That's schools, crazy. Um, and and you have you have teachers that are going to crowdfunding websites just to try to get a couple hundred dollars to buy a dash. Uh, it's pretty sad to be perfectly honest yeah it's disgusting um and it's it's frustrating because i mean there's so much opportunity and it's kind of being squandered by you know tax cuts and and stuff like that yeah. so well the 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 good thing though is if you don't have a project that you currently have on donors choose some kind of thing that you want to get funded you should go do that uh because there are just some great amazing people yeah, yeah. and some companies yeah that have gone in and just paid millions of dollars and funded every project on Donors Choose. That yep. happened last March. Um, and that's incredible. So you might as well put the project out there and see maybe that you yep. can go ahead and get that funded. And the worst thing that can happen is it doesn't get funded the first time. You might have to go ahead and you know try to put it back up there again. Uh, but it's definitely worth it. Uh, hopefully our districts start supporting this uh movement and our government too starts supporting this uh, movement towards being able to get these devices into our school our schools and our kids' hands. So Minecraft Education Edition is doing a, a collaboration with EdSurge on their website. And so there's some really cool Minecraft related articles coming up um, that have been published over the last little while. And this one was really, really good because uh, the, it gave people a a really ground level view of what to do and to get started in Minecraft. It was called 10 Tips to Start Teaching with Minecraft. Uh, pretty neat article, right? Yes. Not only is it a neat article, but the guy that wrote the article, his name is John Miller. Yeah. He's a teacher in California. Uh, actually, he's in a special assignment right now in Asia doing some work, I believe, with game-based learning and Minecraft. And him and his students have done some of the most amazing things inside of both the previous Minecraft EDU mm -hmm. and then the current Minecraft Education Edition. His tips are phenomenal. Basically, he's talking about go out there, try the game. Of course, yeah. Uh, number two, We've said that all don't the time. be intimidated by thinking that you have to build a whole world or something yourself. Really, right. you can create some things, some scenarios, and have your students build. Make sure that you focus in on whatever it is that you want the outcome to go ahead and be, which is what we talk about too. When you're doing game-based learning, you're not just going to get onto a game and just play it, and hopefully some learning takes place. Have a really hyper-focus uh, on what you want the students to get out of it. Um, and basically get out there and connect with everybody else who's actually already done the stuff. There's tons of things, worlds already been created, some, some, uh, situ uh, lesson plans that you can go ahead and borrow. Uh, you can tweak them yourself. 
and then go ahead and use it in your classrooms, which we're excited to go ahead and do it in our district here coming soon. There's a huge amount of examples, videos, um, and he links to a ton of, um, of uh, resources. He gives a, a really solid shout out to, uh, to our friend Benjamin Kelly, who, yes. was, who was just on the podcast not long ago. Uh, so there's, I mean, if you needed like a ground floor level um, I- informational post about how to get started with Minecraft Education Edition, I don't think there's a better version of that than this. No, that's, this is it. So we'll make sure we link it for you. If you have, guys have questions, we love Minecraft. We'll make sure we either we answer the question or we'll connect you with someone who can answer that question. Absolutely. And finally, um, another interesting development in the Remind versus Verizon, the, the, the battle yes. royale that's been going on the last couple weeks. Uh, it looks like uh, Remind has won. Are we going to say Remind they, has won? Remind has declared victory. <laughs> they have declared victory. It was like a war, actually a real <laughs> sure. war or something like that. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it, it sounds like Verizon is not going to charge this excess fee to Verizon. But these numbers are astonishing, Mike. I was reading right here. It says that Remind sends 1.6 billion text messages a year using the Verizon network. And what Verizon was going to do is basically charge them 0.0025 cents per message. So pretty minuscule amount but it adds up after you have 1.6 billion yeah um so they're not going to do that but what i think the biggest controversy is here and this is what people should be aware of and i'm not sure what rare remind is at for this but it seems like there was actually an agreement in place to let them use these lines as long as remind said that they would keep this service for free yeah they were supposed to promise forever and remind would not do that right so guess what's coming next they're going to be charging for this service. This service, Seems like, like we told you, it's saying it, it solved a problem. People use it. Obviously, people are using it. 1.6 billion text messages are being sent just on this one network uh, a year. So it's being used. It's super important for communications between uh, teachers, students, and teachers and parents and everybody in between to all of those things. So it should be interesting what happens within the next year, I think. We'll probably be reporting that Remind <laughs> decided to go as a paid monetization. Yes. How are they going to monetize? Incoming. It's coming next, I think. Okay, so just just a heads up for everybody out that's using Remind. I'm going to be honest. To be honest, I'm gonna shot across the bow here. Yeah. If Remind monetizes, yes, and charges the end user, yes, this will be a massive betrayal, yes. of end users of teachers because. Who, the who, who made this happen? Who made this victory happen? The teachers. Teachers, educators, posting like crazy on, on Twitter, yes. on social media, and just blasting Verizon, Verizon yeah. nonstop, coming to the defense of Remind. If Remind starts charging people, it's, it is yes. a criminal act. Yes. It's just insane. Yes. So listen, you will hear it from me. Yes. Hopefully that's not where it's going. I'm just pessimistic about kind of. So am I. Yeah. As soon as soon as I read that Verizon thing, I'm like, there's more here. Yes. Than just remind, you know, saying you know we're we're getting victimized. Yes. There's way more here, and I I mean, corporations are corporations, and reminds a company that that is trying to do business, and Verizon is a giant corporation, and so everyone has motives. Um, 
But just because Verizon is a giant, like, multinational-type corporation doesn't mean that they had a story in this, and they did. Yes. And it was actually, in hindsight, a, a side of the story that we need to know because they, you know, don't want remind to charge for the service yes. especially when verizon is giving away their service for free <laughs> exactly all right yes. so i mean hopefully we don't have to talk about this again in a couple months but if it comes up we're talking about it and we're going to call them out yes we're, we're going to be ready for it percent yes gearing up for it yeah. speaking of gearing up we're going to be right back and when we come back we'll talk about fetc quests one of Classcraft's most popular features with over 100,000 lessons created by teachers and 3 million learning objectives completed by students so far is now part of Classcraft's free offerings. In 2019, your students won't just be learning multiplication, chemistry, or any other content. They'll be saving the kingdom. Transform your lessons into adventures with Quest today. Visit classcraft.com for more information. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. We are at FETC. We are live for the next four days. We're going to be doing a show. uh, We're recording today on Sunday. We're also going to be doing uh, uh, smaller recordings on Monday, Tuesday, and one will come out on Wednesday. And, uh, I mean, this is a really exciting conference, and we have a a really, to to get started, I mean, we have a really exciting announcement, and that's Classcraft is the... um, the exclusive sponsor of our coverage. We really appreciate them helping us get here uh, and paying the bills. Again, I, we say it all the time. These things are really expensive to come to for everybody. That's that's a big topic too. And we'll make yep. sure we bring it up at one of these one of these mini uh, topics that yep. we that we have because it's so expensive for teachers to get here for anybody to get to these places and then to pay. To yep. get into these events yep. is ridiculous too. Yep, like yeah. the premium passes is a, a huge amount of money. Yeah. So, I mean, we appreciate them. Thank you, Classcraft. Footing the bill. And we have some things to give away, which we're pumped about. But you have to listen to the uh, the other uh, episodes, the, the special edition episodes. Uh, I'm not going to spill the beans here. Well... You know what? I actually should spill the beans <laughs> here. Because it's going to be a later episode right. anyway. So yep. so we don't have the URL right now, but there's going to be a special URL that you need to go to, and you will get um, the year subscription to Classcraft for a huge discount, bigger discount, I think, than they've ever given before. And you're also going to get, I think they call it their classroom pack. And this has, like, swag, basically, for your class. It has stickers and posters and stuff you can put up on your walls. Um, and they're giving that, they're including including that for free. So when that has a monetary, like they sell that on their website. So you're getting the year subscription and you're getting the class pack for, I think it's $80. Yes. Uh, so pretty sweet deal. And you know, the, if you were wondering whether to jump into trying Classcraft for, for a year, for a school year, uh, I, I'm not sure there's a better time, a great time than now. It. Yeah. So we're, we're super pumped about Classcraft. We're, we're, we're so excited that they, uh, that they sponsored us and, um, and it's, it's just, it's all good. It's all good, man. Um, so today is Sunday and there's pre-conference sessions going on uh, and lots of cool pre-conference sessions from all of our friends. Yes. Uh, including one walking past us right now. (laughs) 
Yeah. And uh, tell us some of the cool ones that are going on. So I just think that there's like a series of trends going on. I like to look at conference schedules and see, okay, like what what are we talking about now in education and kind of check out what are the hot topics. Um, and it looks like to me, just by looking at the pre-conference sessions and actually the sessions themselves for FETC, virtual and augmented reality are huge. Love it. I mean, that is a huge push and it, it's fantastic the gains that have been made just even in the last three to four years yeah the technology, yeah it's a whole new world the technology is just crazy how amazing it is and how useful and easy it is for a teacher to be able to go out and use in their classrooms the next part that i think is a really great movement at these tech conferences basically talking about professional development and how do we make it effective uh, and make sure that our teachers are getting the things that they need at the moments that they need it, whether it be about classroom management or how to use ed tech tools, uh, you know, technology yeah, integration yeah, yeah. or whatever it might be, everything in between, a pedagogy, whatever, that they can actually access those things, be able to then implement them into their classrooms. Big, huge pushes too that we've seen, gamification, game-based learning, see tons of sessions about that. We're pumped about that. But I think that the number one thing, and you can go ahead and speak more about this, Mike, is there's a big movement towards like these robots that we keep talking robots. about. We saw, we saw it in Ed Surge article. <laughs> we see it here as far as the number of sessions talking yeah. about all of these different types of uh, robots, physical things to be able to learn coding, yep. to be able to learn all kinds of different things, to be able to expose our students to robotics. So tell us more about that so and what you think. And I mean, Wonder Workshop has a huge presence here. Two of their two of their community engagement people are like featured speakers. They're, I, I don't know what they got going on in the booth um, in the in the Expo Hall, but it's obviously going to be big. They are a huge presence in EdTech, um, and I'll, I mean. I work in educational robotics, and I tell you, it's blowing up. Like we, we just see it everywhere. The, the engagement level is high. Um, the value is incredible. Um, we talk a lot when we do training sessions um, with teachers. We talk a lot about how one of the coolest ways to learn code is through a robot, because robots are this physical thing that you have in your hand that you can manipulate and touch and do things with. And it, it's not the same. Like, I love Scratch. Sure. I mean, I've been using Scratch for years. I love Scratch. I do tons of... And I taught game design. So I appreciate that you can just use Scratch and make something really cool. On your screen, though. On your screen, yeah. though. And that's yeah. the difference is that a robot is something you're interacting with and you can do things with and you can manipulate in a totally different way. And I think that there's a level of engagement that's a little bit different when it comes to kids using uh, robots in the class. And, and I mean, Dash in particular is like, we were on the bus. Remember, we were on the bus coming to the conference center and a lady turned around and said, is it supposed to move when you make noise and face you? Because it's really creepy. And yeah, I'm like, no. She's talking about some robot. Yeah, yes. she's talking yeah. about Dash and how yeah. Dash actually has like an audio sensing ability. And so when you are around it, uh, behind it, and you clap or something, it will turn yeah. and go, huh? <laughs> and make like a weird noise, right? So... I mean, but that's an engagement thing too. Like they do that because it, it, it provides connection to the device. Um, and so robots are huge and they're everywhere and there's tons of device manufacturers now down there. It's not just software people anymore. You're going to go down in that expo hall and you're going to see 
devices, like actual things, manipulative things that people can use, like maker stuff and, and tinkering stuff and hacking stuff. And that's a whole new world, I think, of ed tech that hasn't really been around before, at least not in the same way. It's, it's exploding. And I think that the biggest part that really will make the connection for your administrators or for your school boards or anybody wanting to purchase these things is now we have content that is fit to standards that you actually are using. That's what you yeah, actually yeah. do is, yeah. is you develop this content. So you're not just like have a device and you're kind of like playing with it. You actually have no, goals. You have some specific things that you're wanting to get out of your students. You have some ab- ability to be able to assess them on what they actually have learned. Yeah. Um, and so fantastic, I think, movement towards yeah. that. With the curriculum that we write at Logics Academy that we also work with Wonder Workshop on, it's aligned to all of the provincial standards. So we have, I have a whole giant gig, multi-gigabyte folder full of curriculum documents, and we have to, when we, when we do like a math-centric robotics lesson, we pull out the learning objectives from the curriculum document and they go into the lesson so the teachers can see this I can tie this to this in math and so now they're not using worksheets now they're using robots to teach math it's the best like the kids love it the teachers love it it's exciting Um, and it's it meets their curriculum expectations which is super important so uh, tons of exciting devices and robots down there's also tons of events yes going on tons of events i think really the everything starts kicking off tomorrow evening yeah though there's some more pre-conference sessions tomorrow during the day the expo hall will open up in the afternoon and then we're going to have our keynote speaker the first one uh, is, is going to speak then i believe yeah yeah so lots of things going on the expo hall opens i think at 4 30 on monday uh, and uh, Monday, actually, now that we're thinking about Monday, tomorrow, um, Steve Isaacs and, and Kathy are going to be doing their sessions uh, all about Minecraft tomorrow. Uh, and we're going to go jump into those, I think. And, and they're going to be on one of the special editions of the podcast as well. So that'll be Very sweet. Very excited about that. Yes. So there's... Listen, there is a truckload of content coming your way. Uh, we are on the blog uh, a lot. We are on Twitter. We are blasting social like nuts. You're not going to, if you follow us, you're not going to miss anything. And definitely subscribe to the pod because we're going to have all these episodes. And um, yeah, this is a, a really exciting time. Uh, when we come back uh, after the break, we are going to be joined on the podcast by Andrew Aravello. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We are thrilled to be joined uh, today by Andrew Arevalo. Welcome to the podcast, man. Hey, what's up, everyone? It is Andrew Arevalo, otherwise known as Game Boy Drew, and I'm excited. We are at FETC, and it is amazing, right? I'm here with the the two podcast superstars, right? (laughs) So exciting. So, so Andrew, you just presented this morning Uh in a a pre-conference session here at FETC. What were you talking about and what was that like? Yeah, so I presented on gamification, right, and game-based learning, as well as design thinking. Mm -hmm. So it was essentially a 101 of the foundation of what exactly is gamification, why should you use it in your classroom, and how is that distinct from something called game-based learning or GBL, right? 
And um, two, where does design thinking fit in the process of both of these, right? Because design thinking is kind of essentially the bridge between both of these, at least how I see them. So, so yeah, and I had a great session, and uh, I think the participants w- would agree, hopefully. Was, <laughs> was this, your, this was your first time at FETC? This is my first time at FETC, yeah. Awesome. So, first time giving an actual two-hour workshop. Yeah. So, so it, oh, it was nice. Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got to prolong it, and the participants actually got to, you know play sure you know the game yeah. right we so. don't we don't have this on our list as far as questions but okay. people that have never attended a workshop sometimes that's intimidating to them because it's like a two-hour time period oh yeah but i always tell them you should go to those are sometimes the best things to go to like oh yeah anything that's yeah there? definitely i mean because sometimes with these breakout sessions it's nice because we're, we're getting exposed to you know this new strategy but we don't have enough time to, in a sense, play with it, yeah. right? So when the workshops come, it's like, here's a strategy or here's the tool. Now let's actually play with it, you know, mm-hmm. and feel free to ask questions. Let's make this as interactive as possible. And, and that's, in a sense, what the workshop allows. So it's a completely different environment. And, and I loved it right yes. now. Yeah, I think it's so much more laid back. Pre-conference stuff is cool because it's there's obviously a lot less people here now mm-hmm. than there will be on Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah. So they're not like it's not like hectic. You're not running from one session to the other. Yeah. And like you said, stretching things out gives you more time to like let people experience. Oh yeah. Your your stuff and what you're talking about, which is amazing. This is the whole point. And and the cool thing was, you know, for for a little while I was just freestyling it. Yeah. Right. I yeah. was like, hey, let's go with this, <laughs> you know, and, and it worked, yes. and, and it was nice because you know, like you said. It, the pre-conference, I kind of have a little bit more leeway yeah. with what I can do. Um, not as structured, you know, as I normally would have been. But, I mean, regardless, it, it was a lot of fun. Rad. Yeah. So, Andrew, you, used, you talked about gamification yeah. and game-based learning. You used it in your classrooms. And I think very successfully from what I've actually, since I've been following you yeah. and even the stuff that you were talking about in your session. How did you even get started with this? So, my first year of teaching, right, I'm on my fourth year. First year of teaching, I had an idea for for a card game, right? And it was to, in a sense, it was made or it was designed with the intention of supporting my ELL subgroup, right, during math instruction. Awesome. Because I realized that this was a group that was not participating. You know, I couldn't get them to want to participate. After X amount of strategies, I was like... Well, let's try this card game and see what happens. And so I started by just writing down these ideas on pieces of paper, you know, and and (laughs) it it was funny because, you know, the first couple of times I used it and right away it was like, boom, you know, hands were in the air from from kids that would never have their hands in the air. They were wanting to participate. And I was like, from a game? you know, wow, okay, I was thinking, I, I think I have something here, Yes. you know, and so the idea was formed, and then, so over the, the course of these past couple of years now, with my new class, each new class, I've been, in a sense, developing the game, right, still in the prototyping phase, and we finally, um, you know, had a soft launch of the game, right, roughly four months ago, and when we did that, I, I decided to pivot so instead of going specifically gamification, now you can use it for game-based learning. And as you know, when I had the idea for that, I was I was blown away. I was like, I think I've been playing my game wrong this whole time. You know, oh. for the past three years, I've been playing it wrong. You know, and it, and it's not necessarily that it was wrong. It was just 
there's multiple aspects of how you could use the game. You it's know, awesome. gamification it's versus game-based learning. And we well, are also talking about the iterative process. Yeah, right? like, exactly. So, so I mean, you're 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 making this game, and you're you're mm-hmm. you're going through a process, like a design process for mm-hmm. creating it, which is so cool. And I think there are a lot of people. Like, if you could break that down a little bit more for us, because I think there's a lot of people that listen to us specifically that may want to almost do something like that okay. in their own classes. Yeah. So. Maybe slow it down a little bit and talk about those mm-hmm. steps yeah, like, that you made, that you got you from idea to literally, I don't have it in my hands, but a box with cards in it. Yeah. Slow that process down for Perfect. us a little bit. So, so what I first started off with was empathizing, right? Um, and kind of in a sense defining what was my problem? What was the issue? So with the game-based learning route, it was my students were lacking in developing their number sense, right? Specifically with, you know, fluidity and flexibility. They couldn't manipulate numbers um, well. And it was an area that I saw that we needed help in. So that was kind of the first thing of just kind of understanding the actual problem itself, right? The empathizing, yes. you know, stage of this. And I experienced it. I observed the students. It was an issue for us. And then after that, we eventually went into the brainstorming process And this was a really cool part because it was where, you know, like I said, I had already been using that game, that game TMB for gamification. And I was like, I think I could use it for this. Right. And so started to develop it, had the idea for it. And eventually, you know, I got my students on board because I wanted, you know, us students and and myself to design the solution to this problem together. Right. That way there was a sense of ownership. They were directly involved in the process, and it, it was just so much fun, you know, as we created it. And, I mean, just picking their brains, right, collaborating with the kids was yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we'd do it, you know, like, say, on a Friday afternoon, we'd say, okay, well, this is going to be a design afternoon for us. We're going to talk about, you know, brainstorming possible cards that we could include into the game. So, from empathizing to brainstorming to prototyping, and yeah. the prototyping was coming up with actual cards but as we did this we had to be very careful with the cards themselves meaning were they actually well thought out were they rational we didn't want to include cards that messed up the whole meta of of the game itself yeah there always had to be a balance yeah yeah. so a, a student might have an idea and then we'd play test it and we'd realize that oh no that one card affected, you know, there was like a domino effect yes. and it, it literally changed the balance for every single card. Like, that card is so OP. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and like, like for example, there was one card called the subtractor. And at the time, I thought it was an awesome idea. Sounds OP. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, what it does is you get the card and when you play it, you lose points. <laughs> Oh. You, you you lose points and at the time I was like okay that that's it'll be like somewhat trivial like make it fun like oh there's a chance you could lose points and then I had a student who was like I don't want to play it anymore because I'm uh, just yeah I'm just gonna lose my points and yeah. I'd rather just not play and I was like uh all right so I went home and I literally ripped up the card and I was like I'm not using, <laughs> not using yeah, that anymore. yeah yeah and yeah. so you know went into the play testing and you know during the play testing it was really neat because I started to kind of get this feel of, okay, I think we have something here. And so then I, I reached out to a couple of different people on Twitter mm-hmm. and social media. And I was like, Hey, 
here's the game. Do you want to try it? Yes. Give me some feedback. So I literally sent it out nationally to random people. And, um, you know, through their feedback, I was able to kind of adjust the numbers and ensure that every card worked well in the sense of developing that fluidity. Because at the end of the day, it is a game. I want it to be fun. I want it to be user friendly, but I also want it to teach the students something, right? And so as I did that, I was thinking, well, we had to play around a lot with the numbers themselves and ensuring that it reached our goal, it matched to our learning objective, right? So after that phase, we eventually went to the launch, right? And that's why I was saying where about four months ago, I did a soft launch, Mm -hmm. playing around, testing the waters, and I had a local district reach out and they were like, hey, we love this idea, we love this game, we want 150 decks, we also want, you know, sets of posters. And then when that happened, it was like, wow, okay. And and since then, I've had teachers randomly, you know, reach out to me. Like, hey, we, how much for five decks? Or yes. can you ship out six decks, you know, to... And I'm like, well, sure, yeah, that's not a problem. Let me go go to the mail office. I've never been to the post office. <laughs> you know, let me go buy some stamps. <laughs> Got to figure out the shipping is yeah, issues. Yeah, yes. exactly. Let me f- figure out the logistics. And then, um, too, a little part that I skipped was, you know, actually find, finding a manufacturer, right? Yeah. To, to take this idea and the minimal viable product and transform it into a real product, something that tangible that we can touch, that we can hold, and, and that's the, the real awesome thing, right? If you've yeah. ever created something and sent it out into this world, whether it's a baby, like yes. it yes. feels like a baby, yep. you know, and it's awesome. And you, you get to see this baby grow and develop. Yep. And, and so it, that's been kind of the, the design process for it, right? It's awesome. Yeah. Yes. So It's great to, well, I mean, we actually know exactly what that's like, right? With the podcast. <laughs> We didn't, neither of us know how to make a podcast. We're like, let's make a podcast. Okay, how do we do that? Yeah. And then you figure it out. It's, uh-huh. it, yeah. I, I mean, I, <laughs> right? So like, you, you, made, you made a game. Huh. It's like, I want to make a game. How uh-huh. do I actually make a game? How do I print a game? Yeah. Which is, I mean, there are logistical things that you needed to figure out. Just like we had to oh, logistically yeah. figure out how to record a podcast and make it and put it out into the world. And how do you get it on iTunes and wherever? And um, that process is so much fun. Oh yeah. I mean, it's awesome for me. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it filled a, a little bit of a void That's in, awesome. in my creativity. And I sense that you're, you're almost the same way. Oh yeah. I, I'm passionate about it. You know, yeah. designing is like, I'm, I'm already thinking, okay, well, what am I going to design next with my kids? You know, yes. how far can we, can we take TMB this? Too. Yeah, exactly. Or rebranding mm-hmm. TMB maybe becomes math sense, you know, because you yeah. know, start playing around with the name Yes, and you know, things that I didn't think about back then that hundred percent. Yeah. Now I got to think about, right. Love it. So. What I was thinking about, I don't have it on my questions either. Those mm-hmm. students that helped you initially yeah. design the game, they must be like older kids now. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, they're in junior high now. Yeah. yeah. So have you ever gone back to oh, them? Oh, yes, yeah, and yes. Like said, guys, this is the actual game that yeah. you guys helped. I mean, so they could see the, the final physical product. So, so yeah. it's kind of funny because like every year, you know, like the first couple of days of school, my, my old students come back to class and they're like, well, what's new in the class, Mr. Revel? Because yeah, yeah. we already know, like, we know you worked on something during the summer. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, this year it was like a complete flip of, of my classroom, right? So my kids from last year were like, what, Mr. Revel? Like, 
how come you didn't do this for us? <laughs> you know, and, and the TMB card specifically, I was able to blow them up and I put them on, on in my classroom on one of my walls. Mm. And so it just, Heck it yeah. looks like just sick, you know, yes. and they're like, Mr. Arevalo. Yeah. They're like, oh, like how come? And I'm like, well, you know, it's part of the design yes. process yes. too for the teacher, right? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, 100%. we constantly, you know, are trying to improve. And this is just the process, but no, just keep in mind that you were essential. You were important to me getting to this phase, you know, yeah. without you, it couldn't be here. I couldn't be here. And so, yeah, it, it's so important. It's phenomenal. And especially, like I said, when the junior high students, my seventh graders come and they're like, what, Mr. Revlo? You're like, you have stickers? You have cards now? <laughs> like, What? You know, so, you know, Uh, and I always give them credit, right? They're, they're my game designers. Yes. Right. So they were the originals. Yeah. They're the OGs, right? So (laughs) if we have, we have, I know we have elementary teachers, uh, and also just math teachers in general, Mm -hmm. if they want to get the game, like, where do they go? Okay. Yes. So so right now, um, you know, I, I don't have like an actual store online, but you can reach out through me, uh, through my actual website, which is tmbgame.com. Okay. Or twitter you we'll know make sure we link that yeah, too. yeah. awesome awesome thanks uh, or just twitter you know game boy drew is my handle um i also have uh, a blog <laughs> as well as a vlog which is just gameboydrew.com so you can get get a hold of me just about any possible way right and, and i will respond to you yeah that's so, awesome yeah and thank you for that i yeah, I yeah. thanks so much for being that. on the show and i i we're gonna have to have you back yeah yes. yeah and, we want to uh, hear more. Definitely. So, <laughs> so if you aren't listening to these guys, guys, uh, whole Twitter, everyone, please make sure that you listen to them. They're awesome. They're inspiring and they're fun, right? They're, they're very genuine and it's nice to meet some awesome educators, right? So <laughs> thank you so much. That said, Appreciate that. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah. 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 All right. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to On Education. My name is Mike Washburn and my co-host is Glenn Irvin. Do you want to get in touch with us? Check out our website at oneducationpodcast.com. You can tweet us at oneducationpod. Glenn is at Irv Spanish on Twitter. I can be found on Twitter at Mr. Washburn. Our engineers are Jake and Justin at Podcast Production Team. Check out their website at podcastproductionteam.com. You can find us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash oneducationpod. If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, we'd be thrilled if you shared it with them. Please leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or the Google Play Store. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost, and this helps others discover the show. We want to thank our presenting sponsor, Schoology, for supporting us. Check out Schoology.com to learn how they can help you advance what's possible. Thanks as always for listening. Stay awesome. See you soon.